the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Holy mackerel! (laughs) What a day, what a day, what a mighty fine day, right? Yesterday, the markets hit all-time highs. It continues to do it. Good economies and bad economies and good presidencies, bad presidencies. It's not a roller coaster. I'm talking to you, weirdo. The person who says, I don't trust the Wall Street. I don't trust it. It's a game. I I always seem to lose. I kind of wish I was playing you when I was playing basketball as a kid because you always do seem to lose. There's some good stories today. Listen to this stuff. First and foremost, it's been a busy period, right? We're in earnings season. That bit that it's the busy business. It's it's the like let's get to the data, let's get to the crunch, let's see what we're looking at for the next ninety days. There's an amazing story, and I kind of want to spoil it, but I kind of want to hold it. Beyond Meat, remember that stock that would do would not stop. Don't stop till you get enough. Little Michael Jackson. Woohoo! Now I wonder at what point in time, due to the. Mm, how shall we say, sorted past or potential sorted past of Michael Jackson? I'm not even allowed to do that. Beyond Meat shares down 20% today. Company came public roughly nine months ago. It takes six to nine months for a company to let their insiders say, okay, you guys have been working for a long time on sweat equity. We've asked you to work 80 hours. We only were paying you 40. We were not giving you bonuses. Now's the time to cash in for all that sweat equity you put in the company, and they did. It doesn't surprise me when the IPO is at $25 and it goes all the way to $220 that it may come back down to 50 Is that really where we're going? We'll talk about that. Wall Street's very bullish on the stock. It had its very first profitable quarter, but insiders are selling it. And it makes sense. Have you ever worked, like, let's say, for the last six, seven years hard as a dog and you finally get your payday? What's one of the first things you could do? You splurge. That's what these insiders are doing, probably. Oh, let's see. Roughly 75 to 85% of the outstanding stock is available now. So there's more supply and demand. When a company first comes public, there's not a lot of supply because the insiders haven't sold it yet. They've only decided to sell part of the company. So give it a day or two. But it's, it's a pretty bloody mess at this point in time. Beyond Meat has a market value. I don't even want to talk about it until the end of the day. Uh, Because it's changing quickly. Um, In terms of profitability, the company posted a solid gross margin expansion. So they're making more money doing the same thing of creating meatless meat. It is kind of fun to say the word meatless meat. I I, I will be honest with you. Consumer confidence dips in October. That's not a good thing. Last October, we started getting some confidence dips. And October, November, December were messy on the markets. We've had a great year. We could have a messy last quarter. 
if confidence slips and people aren't going out and buying ho, 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 all the way. Oh, Trump is raging right now. <laughs> oh, this is fantastic. It, it's a headline that you, you, you kind of knew was coming. Trump, and again, I'm not psychic. Trump is raging at an official who listened to the Ukraine call, who's set to testify in an impeachment probe right now. Nearly all of his tweets railed against the latest moves by the Democrats, along with attacks on the witnesses called to testify in the probe, whom Trump labeled never Trumpers. Where do we get that kind of – the president's – to me, if I were to rage against someone's uh, testifying against me, I think a judge would slap me around. <laughs> Thanks, Don. Don Sr. President Donald Trump is unleashing a barge of angry treats, and that could, that could cause confidence to slip. If people think we're heading into 2020 where it's going to be a, a brutal, vicious political year. Uh, instead of focusing on the country, Republicans and Democrats might start focusing on each other, and nothing would get done. And that's sometimes that's not bad. That's called uh, dreadlock, not dreadlock, no, no, deadlock, gridlock. That's the word I was looking for. Dreadlock. Uh, Tesla is filing to show that they're Tesla's filings. Okay, so there's something called filings, quarterly filings. Uh, there's three types of filings, in my opinion. There's annual filings. Those are called 10Ks. There's quarterly filings. Those are called 10Qs. And we, every 90 days, we learn more about the company. They give us updates. And there's uh, quarterly filings, inside the quarter, S filings. Uh, Tesla is doing a filing today. And inside that filing, we're learning a little bit more. Sales, uh, Tesla's third quarter revenue fell 39%. They're talking about some of the new ways they're going to try to make some money. Sales in the country of the United States uh, fell to $3.13 billion from $5.13 billion earlier. So they're doing a little bit better internationally. That's kind of what we're learning about their breakout. We, we're supposed to know. It's a publicly traded company. If you own shares, you're entitled to know what you own. Oh, AirPods. Yesterday, I saw Apple introduce a new round of AirPods. You know, those little white things that go in your ear two or three years ago, you started seeing them. You're like, they're going to get lost. I've only bought one pair. They never got lost. I was really careful with them in the first week because I was kind of afraid, but they never got lost. So AirPod Pros are going to go on sale for $249. There's not that much difference. Um, Bose noise cancellation. Maybe not Bose, but they have a noise cancellation on them. They actually have a little bit weaker battery life because they have a little bit better sound that, quote-unquote, fills your ears. It's going to be a great stocking stuffer. So Apple's on that, the way they released it quietly. Um, I would give my loved ones. AirPods, I like them. I, I find them useful. Down the road, it's expected that Apple's going to add medical benefits to the AirPods. We know that they're going to come up with some sort of eyewear probably in 2020, 2021. And the eyewear could have speakers on the side. You can hear it directly into your ear. It could probably have some uh, maybe better battery life because there's more product that you build the battery into. But yeah, they, they've got some, some tricks up their sleeves. I own shares of Apple. I'm not promoting Apple. Grubhub. And Beyond Meat are the big stories of the day. Grubhub's down 32%. Woohoo! Holy mackerel. Please don't go away, Grubhub. I love it when you bring food to my house. 
means I don't have to get in the car and find my slippers, drive into town, find a parking space. Beyond Meat's down 20%. Both of them did okay. Grubhub's numbers were weaker, uh, but they're building a fleet and they're building a, a service that people are getting hooked on. Do we stay hooked on it when they raise the prices down the road? That's the question. Merck and Pfizer, they're both higher, both blowing by their third quarter earnings expectations. That's interesting. No, big pharmaceutical companies. Don't politicians hate them? Positive responses to General Motors, MasterCard, Kellogg, Corning, all very different company. One, a personal uh, swiping company. Every time you swipe your credit card, you're spending money. Kellogg's obviously a big food packaged company. General Motors, uh, maybe the last great American car company. Uh, I don't know. I don't want to say that. But anyway, it's going to be a fun day. Today we get Apple's earnings after the close. We're going to hint how the iPhone 11 is doing. I love it's time to tell the truth. It's like that 1950s, 1960s game show to tell the truth. That's the best part about earning season is they talk to us. Talk to me. Talk to me now. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing and more. Let's see where the show goes today. There's a lot of content out there. I'm Rob Black. You can find me at newfocusfinancial.com. Big seminar coming up right around the corner in November. Oh, boy, that's right around the corner. Sign up at newfocusfinancial.com. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and your money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. So this is like a goth princess. That's the only thing I can say it. Part of me wants to be her for Halloween. Billie Eilish. Her whole name is Billie Irish Pirate Baird O'Connor. Wait, 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 wait. Did you say she's got the name Pirate in her name? Yes. Um, She did an amazing. She was, I think, the first artist this season on Saturday Night Live. She did an amazing first song where, uh, give her credit, she's under 20. And she's, like, telling, she's bossing SNL around on what she wants. She had them build her a set that rotates ever so slightly. So it's a square box, and so it looks like she's dancing on the ceiling as it's it's an optical illusion. But you got to see it. It's kind of fun to look at. It's um, Eilish, uh, Billy Eilish, SNL, and Eilish is the uh, probably the Irish way of saying it, right? E I L I S H. Um, blowing up, plays with her brother. So seventeen years old. What was what were you doing at seventeen years old? Is the question, right? She's selling out arenas. That's crazy. Okay, so let's talk elections real quick, and then we'll get back to earnings. 2020 is coming up. It's going to be intensely stressful. I promise we're going to get through it. Behind door number one is a trade war. Unpredictable policy shifts. The stain of impeachment. Trump. Behind door number two, wealth and investment taxes, new banking regulations, limit on oil drilling, all things that are said to slow down economies. Which one do you want? Investors are ready. We're pissy. We're tired. We're, we're, I, I work in television, and there's a, a couple forest fires going on right now, wildfires. 
And after a day or two of covering wildfires and having your reporters out in smoke and like, uh, so let's see this house burning down and let's talk to this fireman, you get exhausted. Same thing with what's going to be happening in political season. If you're not tired of it now, I can't wait for the election to be over. It's a little more than a year away. It's a little more than 12 months away. And I can't wait. And because of that, I'm going to be a little testy like this for the next year. You get 365 days of grumpy Rob Black. As a money manager, as an investment policy thinker, as a guy who's thinking big picture, we get the President Donald Trump trade war and policies, and you get the Democrats who are frightened um, by their their extreme candidates, which I'm going to say is Elizabeth Warren, who's in the lead, and I'm not trying to influence anything here. I don't have that power. I don't want that power. I want you to think on your own. But most strategists think that as soon as we get an idea of who's going to win, maybe there's going to be a big shift in the market. I'm trying to tell you what's going to happen in the 2020. 2020 isn't going to be perfect eyesight year. 2020 is going to be one of those years where once we figure it out, maybe there'll be a big shift. At the end of the year of 2019, if confidence doesn't hold up, maybe we go, okay, I'm just going to sit this one out for the first six months and see what happens. I've already had a good year. My stock portfolio was at an all-time high, Rob Black said, on October 29, 2019. Markets are at an all-time high. Warren has had a recent surge in the polls, and I get investment uh, commentary every day. I get it from three or four sources. I read it. I, I study up on it. Guys who are in New York, guys who are writing about what's going to happen, guys who come up with strategy on the economy, guys who come up with strategy on the interest rates. And ultimately, what we have here is people are starting to put pen to paper on different people having chances of winning. Warren has surged 40% ahead of the former vice president, 30% and the rest of the collective field at 30% in a poll that basically said, who would you vote for, Warren, Biden, or other as a Democrat? Warren's got her sight set on a lot of industries. The problem is... Unless she gets a clean sweep in Congress, a majority in the House of Representatives and a majority in in the Senate, she may not be able to get a lot done. And we may be looking at gridlock. Again, all ifs and buts and candy and nuts. But there's no doubt that she would be, in theory, tougher on China, unless we really don't know her. But from what she's been saying for the last six years, we kind of get the feeling that we know her. In the last... 40 years of my life, you know, when you start kind of waking up to you're going to elementary school and kids are talking about, like, who did you vote for? Who did your mom and dad vote for? And your school has a little mini election. This is as uncertain as it comes, because typically a, a president is stained as with as many allegations and typos and, and uh, international flubs as far as policy go. We would say, oh, this, this looks like a no-brainer. Bill Clinton balanced budgets. George Bush expanded prescription drug benefits for seniors. Sometimes, how shall we say, not exactly what we expected. Democrats aren't supposed to balance budgets. Now, a lot of people will say Bill Clinton benefited from all the dot-com stocks that came public and a ton of wealth being created in the United States, and a lot of it was taxed. So the coffers got filled up pretty fast with what was happening in the go-go 90s of the stock market. Economic policy, in my opinion, is typically driven by centrist coalitions. 
But if we have an election where we have far left war and far right Trump, that's going to be people. No one's going towards the middle. It might change the way I invest a bit. President Barack Obama, and again, that's all going to be tied towards who gets elected in Congress, in my opinion. President Barack Obama and the Federal Reserve, um, they had their issues. So at this point in time, the Federal Reserve is the, the, the central figure. They're the ones kind of saying, well, the economy is hot. They're, they're, they're the ones talking rationality of our, of our political fictions, uh, our political officials. So I don't want you to like do too much right now, but I want you to know 2020 is going to be an interesting year. Don't ignore politics. Don't get too caught up into it. Don't overreact to it. But healthcare is going to be a big one. I'm going to say that's going to be a sector that can move 20% either way. I'll be more conservative and say 15%. Have you ever uh, played with a dog and they're real tough on the outside? And you're like, man, you got a jaw like made of stone in there. Your legs have just nothing but muscle. Roll them on their back and you touch their belly and it's real soft. That's healthcare stocks to me. They can get bit by regulation. Democrats have proposed sweeping health care changes on insurance, with even moderates like Biden voicing support for some of the public options to be expanded from Medicare for people under 65. Healthcare seen as the area at most political risk. So you start watching a fund called XLV. Um, healthcare funds have not have had net outflows now of $13 billion this year through September. Um, XLV is up 8%, less than half as much as the S&P 500. So there's already a political sell-off in healthcare. If you think we're moving more towards the middle, that equals buying opportunity. If you think we're moving more towards the extremes, it may mean a selling situation. I'm Rob Black, talking politics and investing in 2020, trying to calm you down, trying to get you to retirement. Remember, look at your portfolio today. It's at all-time highs. I'm Rob Black. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Every day I start my trek down Wall Street on Every single day. Some days I get to it second or third, but usually right off the top of the bat. Page one from briefing.com, written by the one, the only Patrick O'Hare. The first headline that jumped out at me, Grubhub and beyond meat stocks are getting uh, murder-related, massacred. It's a bad day. It's one of the reasons I stay away from IPOs until they're at least one year old, just so they have a little bit of trading history. Let's bring in the one, the only, the man who woke me up with the shocking headline about beyond meat, Patrick O'Hare. How are you, Mr. O'Hare? Hey, Rob. I'm doing fine. Thanks. Great to be back with you. So last year, 2019, I have a I have a big audience. There's a police officer who really wanted to own Beyond Meat. And I was like, if you buy it, buy a little bit of it. It's a moonshot right now. When it ends, it's going to be ugly. But I don't know if it'll ever end, but it should end because they always end. I wonder what he's thinking right now. So the Beyond Meat stock isn't working, but the Beyond Meat concept is. What are your thoughts about Grubhub and Beyond Meat, these two kind of baby stocks that you talked about this morning in your page one column? Sure. So, well, you know, I think in the case of Beyond Meat, it's, it's another great example of a, of a, you know, a good company that, uh, you know, where the stock may not 
be so great. Um, and, you know, this was driven in large part by just so much speculation and um, that was that followed the stock's IPO. Um, you know, I remember writing in the big picture column and uh, coincidentally July 26th when it was posted, that was the prior all-time high in the S&P 500. And I suggested the market was kind of getting a little uh, uh, loosey, goosey in a way, very complacent, and, and that it was acting as if it was kind of like marching down a, a conga line to any bit of, of news. And I said at the front of that conga line was Beyond Meat. And uh, the, the stock was at $232 that day. Um, you know, it's now trading below $90. And, and really, the the point is that, you know, what it held out there for readers at the time is that you, you see this year in and year out, right? You, market just grabs onto a great story um, and uh, and rides it for all it's worth until there's no greater fool to be found. And uh, and there's, there's real... You know, there's a real level of, of high risk involved here when you're playing that game, and if you get left holding the bag, it's going to hurt. And uh, and and that's what we've seen happen with you know a stock like Beyond Meat, which you know can do something entirely different from what's going on with what's you know, with the company itself. You know, the company is doing okay, um, it has a great product, and uh, you know, and is executing well. But the market just got way ahead of itself in, in discounting the uh, growth potential of that company. And, and in the case of Grubhub, you know, it's 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 another one of those those story stocks. Um, seemingly a you know very compelling growth opportunity but like like anything else when there's excess uh growth you're going to get more competitors coming into that space and and that's one of the things that's impacting Grubhub right now is that there's really not a lot of differentiation uh you know diners just simply want their food quickest, you know, hottest, whatever, in, in the best fashion possible, and, you know, aren't caring who delivers it necessarily. Uh, and uh, and when the competition heats up, these companies have to invest more to kind of stay ahead of that, uh, to try to stay ahead of the competition, and that's coming at a really high cost for Grubhub, and um, they issued some really disappointing guidance, and uh, consequently, you know, that stock's getting hammered as well. It's kind of a bad day to be a millennial investor. If you're under 35, you love Grubhub because, in theory, the cliche is they don't go out. They just stay at home and have the food brought to them. They don't cook. They like the the service. And uh, Beyond Meat, it seems to be a very millennial thing, too. Leave the planet in a better shape with less uh, flatulence from cows. And it shows you that that trend investing is not... Not always the right way to go. Sometimes you have to go bottom line. But moving forward, uh, it seems like the political atmosphere now, we're about a year away. What are you expecting for 2020 as far as we have a very extreme left candidate right now, Warren, and a very extreme right candidate, Trump, who are leading their polls? Um, Is that good, bad for the markets? What do you think? Yeah, Rob, it's, uh, it's always a difficult question to answer. Yeah. I think it's the way you framed it, though. Um, it, it you know probably implies you're going to see quite a bit of volatility. You know, when you have candidates on either side of the of the aisle that are at the you know extreme sides of those aisles, um, and and you'll get polling information that kind of projects you know how they're tracking you know amongst the voting public, uh, and the, the market will respond accordingly. To that, you know, and then 
Layered in on all of that, though, you still have actual hard economic data that's going to be coming in that's going to either enhance or or detract from the uh, incumbent's chances of being reelected. And so, um, so it's you know it's it's hard to handicap. Um, and, and given that we are still you know about a year out, I mean the Democrats haven't even named their nominee. You know, it's a lot of speculation right sure. now as to who it could be uh, based on polling data. But I think uh, the market's kind of going to kind of sort of separate that, you know, keep it to the side until it has some really uh, a good perspective on who the actual nominee is on the Democratic side, what policies are being advanced, and, and then how they compare to, um, you know, President Trump's. And then the market will uh, certainly get more reactive as we get closer to that actual election. And, 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 and what's going to be impactful as well is what's happening with the economy uh, in the, the months, uh, the few months leading up to that. To that election. It's an interesting note, and I don't like talking politics either on air, um, especially in California, because unlike where you are, you have Republicans and Democrats. We've got Democrats and liberals, and the, they hate each other just as much as the Republicans and Democrats do. But that's all I'm going to say. Uh, moving sure. forward, uh, your page one is filled with some good news. General Motors, MasterCard, Kellogg, Corning, all very different sectors, all very different kind of companies. Um, obviously, a finance one, a food products, uh, automobile, employs a lot of people, corning, a lot of tech products use their glass. Um, things are good, though, right? <laughs> Question mark. Well, you know, they, they're, they're you're certainly good relative to what the prevailing expectations are. And to, to be, you know, honest, you know, I haven't had a chance to, like, look at, you know, each of those reports individually to, to really kind of uh, discern how they've done on a year-over-year basis. But, um, you know, but each of those companies certainly um, did okay relative to what, you know, analysts were expecting for this period. And uh, and that accounts for something, you know, um, certainly in, a, in the short term, and especially when, you know, stocks have been sold off ahead of those announcements. So, so I have to take a closer look there, but it kind of fits with the general tone of the earnings reporting season where you are getting, you know, most companies reporting better than expected uh, earnings, which is, uh, you know, again, it, it's, that's really never a, a huge surprise. You know, in an earnings reporting period, you get analysts, they lower their numbers, you know, ahead of the quarter, uh, ahead of the reports as they've had, you know, more complete information to uh, factor into their models. And, and oftentimes, they they, you know, they take them down too much, so you, you get a very low hurdle, uh, and uh, and companies, you know, seventy five percent of the time usually, you know, are are hurdling that low hurdle. So it it's good, you know, it's nice to see that it's better relative to estimates, but um, but it may not necessarily be good in an absolute sense when you look at things on a year over year basis. <laughs> Sounds good. I've been hoarding my questions with you. Um, not hoarding. I've been exploiting you and asking everything that I want to know. What do you want to talk about at this point in time? We're in earnings season, end of the year. Anything on your mind that you're working on that you want to share with us? Well, you know, I think I, most of your listeners are probably aware now, you know, the S&P 500 broke out to a new all-time high yesterday, uh, which is really remarkable when you take into account that you are on track for three straight quarters of no earnings growth. Uh, when you throw into the mix what's going on with uh, the trade issues, uh, Brexit uncertainty, uh, worries about a slowdown in the U.S. economy, and I think it just simply reflects really what uh, the value of uh, low interest rates does for this market, and and it also reflects this um, 
seemingly undying hope that uh, that the Fed's monetary policy will buy the economy enough time to um, to reaccelerate and so that you get better earnings growth in 2020, and that's what's factoring in here. So we're going to keep a close eye on what the uh, FOMC talks about uh, tomorrow uh, and where it's going with its monetary policy. And then, obviously, you've got Apple's uh, earnings after the, the close on Wednesday, and it'll be interesting to see how that stock reacts, given that it has done it's just been a monster here uh, through October, uh, trading at an all-time high, and uh, be interesting to see how that stock reacts to the to the earnings report and what that does to um, to other companies in the industry. Yeah, so it's kind of all boiling down to you. If I could put words in your mouth, Apple and FOMC are the real stories this week. Political noise in the background, not so much. You seem to be scratching your head why the stock market's hitting all-time highs with three quarters of no earnings growth, but you're going with it because that's what you do. Um, is that fair to say? Is that, that boiling well, down okay? I mean- yeah, I mean, you have to take a step back. I mean, you have to respect the market action, and you do kind of have to, though, uh, try and figure out, though, if, if this is the really ultimately the right reaction. But the you know uh, the collective uh, wisdom of the market, you know, certainly cannot be dismissed in its entirety. And um, and you know, just based on what you're seeing in this price action, you can clearly see that uh, the collective wisdom of the market is suggesting that things will get better down the road, and and but it'll adjust accordingly if that uh, ends up not being the case. Thanks very much. It's Patrick O'Hare with Briefing.com. Definitely nothing spooky going on today. Have a good Halloween, sir. Enjoy that time with your family. But um, it's interesting. I start my day every day reading his stuff. I could talk to Patrick O'Hare every single day if I could. I would love that. One day when I'm done with radio, I'm going to miss it. I may have to pick up the phone and give him a call because, again, three straight quarters of not a lot of earnings growth, and yet the stock market's still rocketing higher. That should be sign for concern, or at least respect. He said, respect the market. Maybe it knows something you don't about the next six months. Oh, good times. Beyond Meat's down 18 bucks, down 17%, almost 20% today. Apple's taking a little bit off right before they report earnings tonight. The drama. You can find out more about Briefing by going to briefing.com. I'm Rob Black. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. Interesting headlines out there. Jewel is confirming plans to cut 500 jobs as it prepares for a ban on flavored pods, which makes up about 80% of its sales. 80% of their sales going bye-bye. They're cutting 500 jobs. Now, again... I'm not going to say it's the law of unintended consequences, but we knew that Jewel was getting in trouble with regulations. We knew that the candy-flavored pods was a bad idea. And it seemed like it was going to be on ballots, and people were going to fight about it. And then, boom, kids started dying from lung illnesses. And that party's over. It strangely takes death to motivate politicians. Now, how do you feel about 500 people losing their jobs? I'm not going to say that 500 men are going to go home and hit their wives like you'd see in a 1970s or 1980s TV show. I lost my job today. Bring me a drink and a steak and woman, do it now. Kind of thing. Like, I don't I don't want you to go that extreme in your head of what a lost job is. But how do you feel about it? Like, this is people's lives, right? 28 percent of millennials have only paid off their student loans thanks to help from friends and family. Interesting, right? Um, I was watching a TV show 
I don't even know what I was watching. But it was it was basically said, you know, now go get a job to their kid. Getting a job may or may not pay off that uh, college debt. Roku's smart sound bar and wireless subwoofer pack quality sound and features it into an affordable package. Interesting, right? We're buying thinner and thinner TVs because they're thinner and thinner. One of the things that you want bigger and bigger is the sound. But because it's getting thinner and thinner, we're saying, okay, the sound isn't going to go in the TV anymore. We're going to sell you a second product, a sound bar. $179 each or $299 purchase a pair, the sound bar and subwoofer. Follow the release of Roku TV wireless speakers. So Roku's no longer just selling that hardware, which of note, they too are a lot like Apple. They're saying update your Apple iPhone 5 now if you still have it. This is your last software update you're ever going to get. So I, I don't know if that's exactly true, but I saw that message going through yesterday. So in the future, Apple's going to say, well, we can't really protect you, so we, dev- we advise you to go get new hardware. Roku's doing that too. I saw a notice for one of the very first uh, products that they released five or six years ago that they said it will no longer support Netflix. And Apple just launched Apple TV and iTunes on Roku players. So Roku's going to start getting refresh cycles because those apps need more attention, more love, more power to work as we want them to. So, again, I bring up Roku for a couple reasons. Do you remember last year there was a company called Sonos that came public? They're out of Santa Barbara. Santa Barbara! And uh, they make high-quality speakers. But when push games to shove, I'm like, okay, how many types of speakers do I want? Do I want the best buy wireless speaker who it's it's not quite name brand? Do I want the Apple one, the AirPod? Not the AirPod. What is their speaker? The HomePod. Ugh, the names of these things. Or do I want the Google speakers? Or do I want the Roku speakers to go with my... Like, it's, it's kind of stupid, right? So I bring that up. Okay, what type of person are you? This is going to tell me everything. Apple has come up with new AirPods. They're 250 bucks compared to $160, I think, for the other version. Apple announced a new AirPods Pro, which cost nearly $100 more than regular AirPods. They go on sale October 30. So you can get the brand new ones. It's going to have noise cancellation. It's going to sound a bit better. Which one do you want? Do you want to spend $100 more or do you want to spend $100 less? That tells me everything about you. If you're like, I'm okay with last year's product, I love you. You're the smartest financial person ever. We were meant to be. But if you're going for the AirPods Pro, $250, I love you. You love quality like me. We're the same exact people. I'm going to pay for expensive stuff to go in my ear. I'm going to hold on to my old AirPods for another cycle. They still sound good to me. I know you're saying, boring. I thought you had enough money that you could poop it away, Rob. What type of person are you? Amazon's going to start, they said that uh, they're not happy with the way that defense contract went to Microsoft, so they're going to file an appeal on that whole process. They think Trump screwed them out of a $10 billion deal. Huh. (laughs) Are you with me? Sometimes that's all you can say is, huh. Markets. 
are positive. They're getting stronger today. We're in earnings season. Apple's coming out with their numbers. They're dipping a little bit before their earnings. Buy on the news. Buy on the rumor. Sell on the news. Right? That's probably what we're seeing here. It's had a big run-up. Unless they come out and say their new AirPods cure cancer. Speaking of cancer, holy mackerel. The stand-up to cancer thing that Major League Baseball does. Uh, there was a big hullabaloo about the other night. Two women got behind home plate and lifted their shirts during the pitch from the Houston Astros, and they got banned from baseball for life. And baseball made a big deal out of breast cancer awareness. You know, my mom died of breast cancer and people holding up signs. I'm, I'm standing up for this. I'm standing up for that. You go to Europe and you see topless women everywhere. What's the big deal? Banned for life. We're a silly country at time when you're talking about flesh. Anyhow, 93% of millennials are aware of their credit score. Are you? And now I ask the question of why do you care? Well, you care if you're buying a house or a car or you're getting an apartment. But should it be 93%? Should we be hyper-focused on it? And the answer is no. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow.com. Tonight, Apple's going to report their numbers. Pay attention to it. It'll give you a good idea of how the trade war is going. It'll give you a good idea of how companies try to circumvent political uh, maneuvers. Beyond Meat down 20% today despite solid results. Insiders rushing for the door. That will become a very interesting stock very soon after the insiders clear out. Find me at newfocusfinancial.com.